Lord, why me? Why are you allowing this to happen? Why aren't you doing anything? Why are you allowing me to suffer like this? These are all questions that I have asked the Lord in different seasons of life. And they're also the questions that I have refrained from asking. I don't know about you, but there have been a lot of things in my life, a lot of seasons in illness where I have just not understood why he allows illness to occur and to last and be untreated and misunderstood. There's a lot to this question. I think at times we hold on to the bitterness and we allow that question to draw us away from God rather than moving us closer to him. So today I want to tackle this question. I want to share my honest in the middle of the mess thoughts with you. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Hey friends, I'm Cassie, and I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. I think it's safe to say at some point in everyone's life, we tend to ask God, why me? I know that I have had my fair share of why me moments. I never envisioned myself talking about this topic publicly because there's a lot of hurt there, a lot of bitterness, and I think more times and more often than not, I don't like to ask him why me because it's a question that I really associate with bitterness. But the thing is that the why question isn't actually the problem. In my experience, we as humans are very attached to unsecured outcomes. We all have a way that we think our life should be and how we imagine our life turning out. And sometimes what God desires and has planned for us versus what we have planned for us, those lines can get a little bit blurry. And that puts us in a unique spot. What led me to talking about this today was very unexpected. I've been studying the Psalms uh, probably for a couple months now, just taking it one chapter at a time really slowly with the mindset of learning how to worship in brokenness. And I was in Psalm 10, And to put it candidly, I opened a can of worms that I had not expected to. You see, in Psalm 10, it starts out with saying, Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? And as we go through this psalm, we see this why question come up a bunch of times. And it got me thinking about that question as a whole. And it made me realize that I'm very hesitant to ask the Lord why something is happening. As if asking the Lord why or asking him for the answer to that why is a bad thing. I stopped asking the question why because it was drawing me away from him and it was making me bitter and it was reopening the wounds of disappointment and loss. And every time that I asked God, why me? 
I found myself associating why as a word and as a question with God as a negative and not really understanding that the why isn't a bad question. And I just kept thinking to myself when I would think about going to say why and to ask him, I would stop myself and kind of think, no, I shouldn't be doing this because I can't keep asking him why me over and over and over again because it's not constructive. It is not helping me in any way, shape, or form. It is just making me bitter and resentful. The thing, though, that I have come to understand is that when we ask him why, we might be making room for doubt. And we might also be tempted to doubt, to doubt his faithfulness, to doubt his sovereignty. And when we're tempted to get lost in the grief of the why, we tend to not listen to him and we forget to focus solely on him. Now, to give you a little bit of backstory, a couple years ago, Jared and I closed our business. We worked in we, he did the back end stuff, but I, I worked in dance medicine. I loved what I did. It was so fulfilling and it was everything I had dreamed of. And if you want to hear the whole story about how we lost our business and the role that my illness played in that and letting that dream go, you are welcome to head back to season one. And I'm pretty certain it's episode 11. Lately, for some reason, for some reason, I have been missing my job, my former job. And there's no special anniversary. There's nothing that would bring this about, but it has been really plaguing my heart. So when I was reading Psalm 10, it just opened all these things back up. And I ended up sharing on social media a little bit about this. And I really felt like I had come a long way and was able to tackle this question really responsibly and just maturely in my own faith. And I I got humbled pretty quick and realized that I did not have much of a handle on this as I thought. So one night I happened to be on Instagram and found an account of another dance medicine clinic that is pretty much doing everything that I was doing. And not in a way of saying that they copied anything. It has nothing to do with that at all. It's just that sport and it just got me thinking and that brokenness just like unleashed. It just flooded my mind and I was in a lot of pain and having a lot of trouble just coping and I was exhausted. So I actually recorded a voice memo and talked out all my thoughts on this. And I decided that I want to share it with you because I think at times I love being able to talk about the things that I have worked through and I'm on the other side, but I do think that there is power in seeing someone in the middle of the mess because it can be hard to listen to someone talk about something and how they've overcome it and have you go, but did they really struggle? Did it really hurt this much? And here on this podcast, I love to be able to be authentic with you and share my life with you. So I never thought that I would share it, but I really think it's important. So this is me. I think it was like two in the morning and I left our bedroom so I wouldn't wake Jared up. And I went into our guest bedroom and just sat there and thought and cried and recorded. So let's talk about why me right in the middle of the mess. So, a couple days ago, I started really digging into 
that why question. And in digging into it, I, you know, found that I stopped asking God why because it turned into a negative thing and, um, like, I started associating it negatively. And those why questions tend to lead me to doubt him. And, you know, anytime that we are gonna open up that why, we need to be diligently prepared to fight the doubt that's gonna come and the brokenness with the truth, right? And so I chatted about this and um, I was pretty thrilled with myself, to be honest, that I was able to talk about this in just such a objective way and constructive way and really was like, wow, I think I've made a lot of headway on this because that question used to make me bitter. And the next day he really tested me. And tonight I faced a really hard why. (sighs) But then I went, Lord, like, hey, I need your strength because I know that you equip those that you call. And I guess I've been thinking over the past couple days about how I know that what he's called me to is important, but I don't love it as much as what I was doing before. And tonight, I happened to come across an account of basically somebody living my dream, doing all the things that I had planned, and their business was thriving, and I really am happy for them. But man, does it hurt. And I sit here, and I've just been going back and forth, and knowing that, like, I know that what Lord, like, you've called me to is important, but I miss what I thought I called, like, was, and I really just was like, Lord, like, that should have been us. That should have been me. Why didn't you let that be? I know that he equips who he calls, and I know that he's moved me into a new season of life and ministry, but I don't feel equipped for this. Um, I felt way more equipped in what I was doing before my body just completely failed. So I'm sitting here, and I asked him a really hard why, and... I just said, why did you get me so close, so close to, why, Lord, why did you get me so close to that dream that you planted in my heart and right as I was blooming, you drowned me. Lord, why did you let me get so close that I had just started hoping that things were going to go my way? Why did you let me get past the hope phase? And into the fi- I'm finally moving forward and killing it and then killing me. I'm exhausted because here's the thing is like I know that he didn't make me with the intention of ruining me and I'm trying really hard to see that. And I know that he made me with this in mind. He made me with this struggle but man I'm exhausted and you know we get real here on Chronically Cultivating And typically what I like to do after I cry um, is to sit and reflect. Um, As I've been reading through the Bible and other devotionals and things, a common theme that seems to keep coming up that I keep noticing is um, how did people keep missing it? You know, when Jesus was here, so many people missed it. He was right here in front of them in real life. How did people miss it? It makes me wonder if, you know, back thousands of years ago when Jesus was born. I wonder if there was anyone back then who was so exhausted from the oppression that they were facing, waiting for God to do what he had promised them, if they were so devastated by what they thought the plan was in the Messiah coming, but then it wasn't. And I wonder if they cried like me tonight.
Were they angry or disappointed? Did they feel so alive in their calling, thinking that the Lord was behind them all the way, and then were just paralyzed when God wasn't and let them crumble? Is that why they missed Jesus? And everything in me, as a mature believer, wants to say, okay, if I feel so broken because this wasn't the way I thought that you would use me and put me into my calling, like now is the time to not be discouraged, but now is the time for me to be diligent and keep my eyes open so I don't miss what he's made me for. But the disappointed human in me wants to say, Lord, why did you let me get so close just to pull the rug out from under me? Why did you have to end that? Because it's been almost four years since you ended it and I'm still not seeing the plan. I know that hearts are more important than numbers, and I know taking care of my body needs to be my full-time job, and I know that he will give me all the tools that I need to endure a life like this, but I wanted to be able to provide for our family and to see another person who's doing exactly that, who's grown exactly how I would have imagined. I'm sure I would love to meet this woman. We had the same thoughts. Dance medicine was just starting, now it's much bigger, but I was right on, on the cusp of that coming up, and I had something. And to see her success, I'm so happy for her, I am. I'm really not jealous. It has nothing to do with her. I'm heartbroken that God planted that dream in my heart for a season, but I thought he was planting it for a lifetime. And I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I didn't realize uh, the can of worms that I was opening up when I started digging back into the why. I know that right now I need to remember his faithfulness and speak truth over my brokenness. And I want to do that. It's just that was supposed to be our life, my legacy, our provision, our whole life. Jared proposed to me with those company papers. Most people don't know that, but our unofficial engagement was July 25th of 2016, and I didn't want a ring. I wanted the money put towards our company and getting that started, and that was supposed to be our future. That was our plan. And the reason that I'm recording this right now is because I've had lots of seasons of this why question come about in different ways, in different forms. And I said it, I said, when we ask the Lord why, we need to be so diligently prepared because we're going to open up that sliver of the door. The enemy is going to use that to slip in as much doubt as he can fit through that door. As much hurt, as much brokenness. I'm grateful for the people around me and the fact that my first response wasn't to yell at the world, it was to go and straight yell at God. Because friends, I really mean it when I say that he can take your anger, he can take your why, he can take your disappointment, he can take on you being disappointed in him. He can handle it. And I'm glad that even though I still struggle with these things just like everybody else, that I'm learning to come to him first with them in case I decide to talk about this in the future and share this clip someday. I wanted to make sure that you saw the angry and the frustrated part because it's there. I haven't mastered it. We're all learning together, you and me. And I guess I wasn't diligent enough and I left a little bit of room and the enemy saw it in, but it's okay because the Lord's going to see me through. So many seasons I've asked why and anger and sadness, disbelief and hope. <laughs> I do think that it's quite funny that a couple days ago I was talking about this why question, being cautious to revisit it, but glad to know I still struggle with it. I never thought that I didn't, but it is true that I still really struggle with it. 
The difference, though, is that I'm not going to stop talking to God. I'm not going to stop seeking Him. I did that early on. I went through that phase in my life. I know that I need Him. I can't do this without Him. But whether you're coming to Him with a why, and you're angry, or you're frustrated, or you're sad, or you're hopeful, or you're so exhausted that you don't even feel like you have an emotion to accompany it with, know that the Holy Spirit will intercede on your behalf. And I pray that you have people like the people around me that will point me right back to him. But more importantly, that in your grief, you would turn to him first. Because ultimately, well, ultimately it's very late right now. And I should probably try to get some sleep. But my prayer tonight and moving forward is based around the fact that I don't want to miss it. All those people missed Jesus. All those people missed miracles. Because they were looking for something else. The Lord has shut that door on that career for quite some time. And if I keep looking that way, I most likely will miss what he actually has planned for me. So as hard as this is, I am going to be begging and pleading that he gives me the strength to not let this grief blind me from seeing him move because I don't want to miss what he has planned for me. I always in times like these think of Psalm 126.5 which says, You will plant in tears and you will harvest with shouts of joy tonight I am planting seeds in tears. Seeds that I hope will lead me to bloom into the person he's called me to be, that he made me to be, and that he would continue to help me accept that. Because friends, the grief doesn't stop at acceptance. It comes in waves, and there are going to be seasons where it hits you in seasons that it doesn't. And I guess for me right now, this is just that season, which is why I'm going to say in words I don't want to, because this is so hard. But Lord, I can do hard things for you, even this. I'm not going to lie, listening to that back was a little bit hard. One of the things that I think about in this that I've been clinging to over the past couple weeks has been that thought of sometimes the dreams that God plants in our hearts are only meant for a season, even though we think they're meant for a lifetime. Running OST was amazing. And yes, there are so many times that I still look at life and I say, I really wish that I could still do that. That's what brought up this whole why in the first place. And I had seen a quote that unravels me about how God doesn't plant a dream in your heart if he's not prepared to grow it. And I got really sad. And I was chatting with a trusted person in my circle and was sharing this with them. And they said, but he, he did grow it. You did meaningful work there. You grew so much as a person, as a coach. That dream did grow. It didn't keep growing, but you did what he called you to do in that season. And I stopped because I realized, yeah, you're right. Not everyone is called to be in the same role their entire life. Some people are, but not everybody. And that doesn't mean technically that what I did before versus what I'm doing now is any less or more meaningful. All of that depends on the state of my heart. I may not understand why things are happening the way they are, but I can miss what I used to do while look expectantly ahead. And yeah, the human part of me wishes that that dream he planted, that he allowed to grow for a season, would have been for a lifetime. And it's okay that I feel that way. It's okay if you feel that way. I wonder if that's part of the reason that the Lord tells us to focus on today and not worry about tomorrow. Learning to live one day at a time 
has been a huge adjustment. I love to be a planner, to plan out all the things, but right now my life requires day-to-day living. It requires me to know that God is going to provide what I need for that day and that we'll worry about tomorrow when tomorrow comes. If we get lost worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow or when our career is going to end or all these other things, we can't live presently today, we can't do what he's called us to do, we can't be who he's called us to be, and we're not going to be happy. If he calls you to be in the same job or career or path your whole life, then you will be fulfilled in doing that because that is what God has called you to do. And if God has pulled you away from different things and different disappointments and journeys, know that when we continue to seek him and look to him, our hearts are still going to be fulfilled. Our lives are still going to be fulfilled because we're doing what he made us for. And that's what all of this comes down to. When I think of that why me, when I ask that question, I'm looking backwards. I'm looking at what I think will fulfill my heart. But only Jesus knows what is going to fill our hearts. Let's say that I had a magic wand and I could fix my body and I could go back and work and do what I was doing. The reality is, if I am doing something that the Lord has not called me to, ultimately I will not feel fulfilled. I want to be where God wants me to be. That may hurt. I may cry. It will be hard. But ultimately, I want to be where he wants me to be because only he knows what he made me for. And that's where I question, is that how people missed Jesus? Is that how they missed seeing him? He was in front of them, the Messiah. He was right there and so many people missed it. I wonder if they missed it because they were disappointed. They were disappointed that things didn't look the way that they expected them to. They didn't expect God to only be on earth for a season in a way that was not political and didn't fight the oppression in the short term, but his mission was so that he could come and be with us for all of eternity and for lifetime. And here's the thing, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to be so focused on what happened to me in the past And the dreams that had their season but had to end, if I'm just fixated on that and I am stuck in the grief, I fear that I am going to miss out on what he made me for. That doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that I'm going to stop grieving because grief happens long after acceptance. You can accept your diagnosis, you can accept the way things are, and you can still grieve. But in the middle of the grief, I don't want to miss him. I don't want to miss out on what he made me for because I was so fixated on who he didn't make me to be. I want to go back to Psalm 10. And remember how I was saying it starts out by saying, Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? And then my two favorite words come in verse 14. But God. In this psalm, there are a lot of whys. And then it says, but you, God, see the trouble 
of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. And then in verse 17, it says, You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them. You listen to their cry. Defending the fatherless and the oppressed. That but you, God, you see the trouble of the afflicted. That's the reminder for us to say, Lord, I'm asking you all these whys. And I don't know that you're going to give me the answer. But what I do know is that you're in control. I do know that you are faithful. I do know that you have a victory prepared for me. So when we ask God why, we need to get honest. And it's okay if we get angry because God can take it. And once you have done that, I challenge you to fix your eyes completely on him. To allow his truth to be spoken and to keep the promises in your mind and your heart because that's how we get through uncertainty. That's how we get through the hardship saying, Lord, I don't know why you have asked me to walk through this because this is so hard. This is too hard. And that is what gives us the strength to be able to say, Lord, I can do hard things for you even this. When we do that, We are speaking to our doubt. We are going to enable ourselves to ask why while protecting our heart. Because the enemy, any bit of room that we leave for him to step in, he will take. When we open up that why and we don't have our hearts guarded to already know who God is and who he says we are and what he has promised us, he he will sneak in. And he will fill us with doubt and anger and get us so sidetracked. And I don't want that to be the case. Because when we're able to say, Lord, I can do hard things for you, even this, we know that even though today our why may not be answered, and today may not be the day of our healing, today may not be the day of justice, but we are going to keep valiantly praying because we know That just because today isn't the day doesn't mean that his encouragement and his hope isn't for us today. And we can only see and find that encouragement and that hope in him. So when you ask God why, I will be praying that you're ready to face the doubt that may come with that truth. With people who will speak truth over you and that you will turn to him and be able to say, you are still faithful And I know that you have a victory in store for me, even if it's not today. So if there's one thing that you take away from this episode, is to know that asking God why isn't a bad question. But it is a question that when we ask, we have to be prepared to defend. We have to be prepared for the doubt and the hurt And the bitterness that can come up when we ask that question. And we may never get that answer on this side of heaven. Today may not be our day. But today and every day is our day to take his encouragement and his hope and to cling to his promises. So don't be afraid to ask God, why me? Just be prepared. That although there may be doubt, his promises will 
always be greater than our disappointments.